Yo MTG Taps is proudly sponsored by CoolStuffInc.com, where you can find cool stuff in stock every day. Use promo code YO5 to get 5% off your next order. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Yo! MTG Taps. I'm Joey Pasco. Tara DeLue, the Joe. Yo! MTG Taps is the true way. I don't get that reference. It's a Mr. Show reference. I'm Big Head Joe. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Let's talk about magic cards. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> Got lots to talk about today. We have uh, some some standard results, some standard experiences, and then we have some uh, some modern stuff to talk about because we have Modern Horizons previews yeah. that have, have started. So um, we'll start with Standard. Standard is fun. You know what? Let's let's quickly mention this because it's really, you know, something, but it's kind of nothing. We had a banned and restricted announcement yesterday. Yes. Nothing really to report unless you pay, play Popper. Which I don't. So, eh, whatever. Um, I, I, I saw Wes uh, on Twitter upset about the uh, pauper bannings, they banned what? They banned like uh, gush and uh, gush days and something some else. Other <laughs> something else blue, <laughs> right? <laughs> Which, if Joey played pauper, this would be a dark day. I'd <laughs> be very doesn't. upset. Yes. <laughs> so, well, um, I did hear somebody say like, I kind of wanted to play pauper because I wanted to play those cards, and now I don't want to play pauper. <laughs> like, right. um. So they decided not to ban anything in standard. That's no surprise. I think if anything, people are calling yeah. for the banning of Nexus of Fate again. Why? It's going to rotate in like three, four months. Like, I mean, I don't love, I don't love Nexus of Fate. Of course, I'm I don't really play a lot of best of three right now. I got to start because I need to learn sideboarding in two weeks, three weeks, whatever. Um, so I don't really see a lot of Nexus of Fate, although last night um, I had to play against a deck um, that was playing Karn's Temporal Sundering nice. Wilderness Reclamation. I was like, what is this? I was like, I was like, hold on. Cause like, <laughs> cause you know how sometimes stuff will just go on the stack and then you mm-hmm. don't see what's underneath. That's right. He was playing Rawl. He was playing uh, the new Rawl. I don't even. Planeswalker. You mean, oh, like Raul, Raul, when you were like Raul, I'm like, what are you talking about? Anyway, Raul, that WWE Raw Planeswalker, <laughs> um, <laughs> Monday Night Raul, but, um, they were playing, they, they played the spell and then this other, these other triggers went on the stack and I was like, hold up, hold up, back up. What the hell was that card he just played? I was like, Karn's Temporal Sundering, is this really happening to me right now? Good Lord. Um... But yeah, so they were basically using Karn's Temporal Sundering in the same spot as Nexus of Fate, um, which, whoa, weird. Yeah, you know, that's, you know, I, I kind of feel like that's not that crazy if you're like, you know, I have the, the Simic Nexus deck, but I can't play it in anything other than Best of this Three. This was definitely Teamer because he was playing Raul. Okay, but, yeah, that uh, makes sense. But, but, but what, yeah. yeah, yeah, you have like a Nexus deck and you're like, you know what? I could just play this, but it, it's a sorcery, so they can't. It is a sorcery and it, do it, the, it doesn't shuffle back in. Um, it actually exiles, you know, which is why I was able to go back and read the damn card after he cast it. I was like, what was that? <laughs> yeah, it does like the exact opposite of Nexus of Fate. It's like it's slow and you don't shuffle it back in. You, It doesn't even go to your graveyard. It's exiled. So like it's it's like very but, it's like a fixed Nexus of Fate that's also <laughs> in standard with Nexus of Fate. But, but Raul makes a copy of it if you use the ability. Uh-huh. So, that, yeah. so it's almost like Nexus. It's like a mini me- Nexus and um, – and it definitely did the job because then they drew another one and played another one, right. you know, and uh, and eventually I was locked out of the game almost the same as Nexus of Fate yeah. um, in best of one. Look at that. Uh, but well, again, I guess that's um, what eight turns they get. They get unless they have more ways to copy it, like on right. while it's on the stack. So you go like, OK, Karn's. Well, they do Sunday. have Narset's reversal. Um, oh, that's so, something. Yeah. Yeah. So it's. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, the deck is really interesting. Um, and it, you know, it's pretty much the same deck, just running this card. Yeah. Uh, but again, uh, long story short, I'm not. I don't care about Nexus of Fate. It's around for a couple more months and then it's gone. You know, like yeah, and it's not care. even dominating anymore. Like it's such a good deck, but it had such a target on its head uh, in week one that it's, it's kind zero. of already been hated out. So There's zero copies in the top eight of uh, the SCG. Yeah. So, you know, not uh, not the big boogeyman everyone makes it out to be. Um, now, now, modern's a different story um, with some, uh, you know, there are some combos that uh, War of the Spark cards have um, have enabled that people are, uh, you know, not happy about. Right. But um, Wizards didn't ban any of those things uh, because we're about to have basically a new modern format i mean not necessarily you know how we always overreact to sets coming out changing the format war of the spark notable exception because this set has blown up standard for the better um but uh but you know we always go oh standard's gonna change standard's gonna change and then week one it's just like oh mono red same cards whoops (laughs) you know like Like but like it gets a, a standard is obviously affected but it's not overhauled entirely right now now i mean Modern Horizons seems to be dead set on being the War of the Spark of Modern, you yeah. know, in terms of like changing the format around, um, introducing a whole bunch of new cards that have never been there before. Um, so they didn't ban anything because they want to see how the format's going to look in a month when right. they put this set out. And I agree with that. I mean, I think that, you know, looking at the busted combos that are available in, um, in modern, Which uh, I we don't should, like. We should at least mention some of these new ones because. Oh, I'm going to mention all of them. Okay. Um, you got the Aloysius, Ru- Aloysius, <laughs> Aloysius Rider. Aloysius Rider. I'm sticking with it. I'm sticking with leg boats. Aloysius Rider. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, using that to get out Grizzlebrand with Neoform. We talked about that last one. episode, right, right? Exactly. So I'm not going to go all into that. Uh, Celestial Kieran, or there's another Kieran too uh, that combos with um, Ugin's uh, Conjurant, mm-hmm. um, and then there's um, the Mycosynth Lattice that you can search up with Karn, and it basically shuts down your opponent entirely from the game if they actually get to cast and resolve the micro myco synth lattice right. right did i just say like modern stuff you said modern stuff man yeah i said modern stuff look at me talking about modern like i know things yeah very Pretty sweet very good but anyway <laughs> like uh quick fix like if i were to have done the bannings um last week uh, again i would have banned nothing but if uh, if these combos still seem to be a problem by the time the next announcement comes out, I think the pretty easy solution and pretty harmless to the format: ban Aloysius Rider, ban <laughs> Ugin's Com. Sticking with it, ban Ugin's Conjurant, um, ban Mycosynth Lattice, and we're out. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like those combos are gone. Format's not messed up. You know what I mean? Like I think it's a pretty easy fix, but they don't even want to do it because look, we've got these cards that can bust those combos up for right. free. You yeah. know, like we're going to talk about those. And yeah. We're going to talk about that. Yeah. So, so again, like it's one of those things like, yeah, those combos are busted, but let's wait and see, you know, whoever's yep. playing them gets to have a couple weeks to have fun with them. Cool. Great. Yeah. Some and people I think love it's interesting. Kind of- so we get modern horizons comes out June 14th and the next announcement is July 8th. So it's going to be about three uh-huh. weeks for them to kind of make a decision at that point. And, I, you know, I wouldn't even be surprised if they put it off for another, you know, month and a half. Because, look, it's it's May 20th it, and we have another announcement in like, what, six weeks? You right. know, or, or Sorry, May 20th was yesterday. That was the announcement. But uh, anyway, so it's not like six weeks is a significant amount of time. So if uh, if they want to to wait for another six weeks after July 8th and see what happens, they could do that. But um, here's you just me about train spotty six weeks and no sex no but um <laughs> you just say six weeks i'm sorry the quote is in my head like in a, on a loop but anyway go on uh no i haven't seen that movie in long in a long time so i don't remember that but um or i didn't remember it was amazing by the way and that's something I'll, I'll have to see one day um well, so this is interesting uh it says if they do move move forward i'm sorry if they do move forward with the london mulligan um they're 
going to observe the changes in each format's metagame first rather than making predictive or precautionary changes to the banned and restricted list, which makes sense. Like, they're going to see what happens. They're not going to go, we think the London Mulligan is going to make this deck too strong, so we'll just preemptively ban X. You know, like, that's that's not what they're doing. And I think that's safe. I think that's fine. Um, So... That's that's the banned and restricted announcement. A whole lot of nothing at the moment, but they do have their eye on some things. Um, what happened to that uh, that one card, Banamorphos? You know, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Or uh, faithless looting, banned faithless looting. I mean, everybody kind of forgot about those with with Aloysius Rider everywhere. Yeah, um, <laughs> and now Mycosynth Lattice, which uh, as you room. probably saw in the Discord already, I just bought a a played ver- a played copy of Mycosynth Lattice so I can oh. play it in my. Uh, my amulet deck. Um, so yeah, that's the that's that particular n- n- like news, non news, um, non news. No news. news is good news in um, this case. So now let's talk about standard. Um, yes, I played F and M for the first time Yay. in nine years on Friday. That's so cool. <laughs> so like. Because of my work schedule, I always worked Friday nights. And now recently, uh, my schedule's changed and I may have an opportunity to play FNM maybe once a month or so. So it was kind of, I was like, hey, you know what? I'm going to try playing FNM. Kenny was uh, was going to play. Um, and so I built Esper Control in paper. That's the first standard deck I've had in paper since, um, since like, I guess it was 2016 or 2017, when the Scarab God was in blue-black control. I think that was 2017. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. So, it's, so it hasn't been that long. I built that standard deck, and I played it with Kenny, and I didn't play it anywhere else. Right, so right. it was kind of like sort of like a lot of money for, for very little uh, opportunity to play, but that deck did have... Uh, Kitchen Table Magic is a real format, you know is. what I mean? Like So it's nothing to be ashamed of. I got my Search for Escantas in that deck. So anyway... Um, I didn't do very well at FNM, but that's, I think partly, and I think this is, uh, you, you may have seen me tweet about it if you follow me on Twitter, but, uh, it was only three rounds and I had two draws because I mean, at least the first round, I think it was me. Like I'm like, I hadn't played paper as off. I, I mean, I played paper modern, but I, uh, but even that it's a rare occurrence. I feel like I play slower in paper. I'm playing a slower deck and, I also didn't have the clock facing me, and so I wasn't like aware of the time. So I've my opponent wins game one with mono red, you know, relatively quickly. Game two was a uh, just I stabilized at like two life, and it was just was hanging on by a thread, looking for a win condition. Um, found one, and my opponent says, "We have to hurry. There are six minutes left." And I'm like, "What?" You know, like I just had no idea that we were so f- deep into the round. So, you know, that's my fault for not being aware. Um, uh, my second round was was fine. I lost, but it was, uh, you know, uh, it was an Esper mirror. So uh, uh, and then my third round opponent was another mono red deck, but he was a new player um, and he was still kind of learning the game so that we went to time because I was telling him, you know, hey, you can attack my planeswalkers. Uh, this is exile. This is the graveyard. You know, like I was trying to explain the game. So I guess that's not really. Um, yeah, I, I don't feel like that's my fault. But I'm like, who gets two draws against mono red? <laughs> Me. Um, and I, I wondered about why it seems like I can I can play three games on arena in 20 minutes. And when I have 50 minutes in paper, why do I struggle to to finish a match in time? You and know why? Why? Because of the rope. <laughs> I'm serious. No, you, because of the rope. The rope, like every turn tells you, all right, let's move. You know what I mean? Like like it, it, it gives you that kick in the butt you need to make a choice. And um, and I know that the rope is oppressive for some people, mostly people who need to make a lot of decisions and take a, take time to make those decisions. Right. So, so there you go. So, so, so I think that like what the lesson is, um, and again, I agree with you that the last round was probably just you trying to be a helpful player and help a new player through the game, which, you know, is going to end in a draw probably. (laughs) But, um, um, but I think that the lesson is that the rope or that to use the rope as a tool and not, as an enemy, you know what I mean? Like, like, yeah. okay, okay, okay. Let's, let's, let's do the, okay, you're right rope. Let's go, you know, like, all right, let's make a choice. And, um, and, and a lot of times 
you know, in paper. And again, if you're at a, a, an event that isn't a big event, there's not a clock on the wall that you can clearly see, you know, um, yeah. sometimes you lose track of that time. Maybe um, the solution is to like when your round is called, start a 20 minute timer and put it in your pocket. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that way, because even at a competitive event, you can have something in your pocket as long as you're not looking at it. And as long as it's a silent, like a vibrating alarm or something. Right. Uh, but don't, you know, mess up your work alarms to set a vibrating alarm. But you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, that way you can go, oh, 20 minutes. Oh, crap. You know what I mean? And then you can, you know, that, that, that's your rope. You know what I yeah. mean? Set yourself a rope and put it in your pocket uh, when you're playing in paper and just, a, you know, one rope. So you can go, oh, OK, 20 minutes. Yeah. So you got 30 minutes to go. All right. We got to start really getting this thing going. You know what I mean? Like if if you find yourself after those 20 minutes at a at a point where you don't feel like you're as far along in the match as you should be. Yeah, you know? I think I think the and I was talking to you know several people that replied um, to my tweet. And I think it's really a combination of factors and some things are out of my control. Like, like you said, like that's, I can sort of give myself a rope that way, but generally I don't have a rope. So there's right. that, not that, but then there's the, um, I, I think it was Ryan Spain said so many, you know, how much time accumulate uh, cumulatively adds up, uh, of situations where you actually can't do anything. And so the game automatically just passes, you know, like with arena, when you actually can't cast a spell, it just auto passes, you know, like there's right. just nothing you can do. And how, how much time are you saving from that uh, rather than kind of looking and figuring out, OK, is there something I can do? And, and then, no, nothing I can do. Pass, you know, and that's three or four seconds or so, you know, and that adds up to a few minutes, sure. I'm sure, over the course of a match. And, you know, all the shuffling, that's the obvious stuff. You can't take the shuffling out of the game. That just is right. going to happen. I mean, I guess they could. They could just not print any cards that have shuffling, and then the only shuffling would be at the beginning of each game. Um, but that's unlikely. So you have a lot of that stuff. So there's there are physical mechanics that are going to slow you down. Um, but there are things like um, maybe not being practiced with a deck. In this case, I feel like I was practiced with Esper, and that's what brought on my kind of frustration Um and just to be clear, I wasn't really frustrated at the event. I was just thinking about it the next day. And I'm like, why does that happen? You know, like, why right. why did right. I um, run into that? And, you know, not playing a lot of paper events, it's weird, right? Like, I'm like sitting there and I'm trying to like organize my lands because I'm like, this is a mess. Like, I'm just, <laughs> like, I'm just dropping things <laughs> on the table and uh, and spending time on it. So it's, it's interesting. Um, I do just... Uh, I had a great time playing FNM. Like the reason I went was to play Paper Magic, and I succeeded. Where did you go? At that. I went to games and stuff. Uh, games and stuff in in Glen Burnie, Maryland. Um, and yeah. I hadn't been there. I think the last time I was at that shop, I was playing a uh, baby Kurt Spice in Versus System. So <laughs> it's been quite a while. I think that was like 2006. Yeah. Um, they moved, but it's still the same store. So I. Oh, okay. Um, I hadn't actually been to this, this location. Um, but anyway, it's a great place. They have a huge, clean space to play, lots of tables. They had commander events going on, modern events going on. So um, I could have played modern if I wanted, but since Kenny was there, uh, I wanted to play standard. Plus, standard is awesome right now, so I wanted to it really is. Wanted to try it. Um, and shout out to my opponents. Um, they were all awesome. Um, but uh, quickly, since we mentioned the rope... They are adding a quote unquote chess clock to arena, I think this week. Um, it's right. going to be a 30 right. minute, each player has 30 minutes and it's only best of three. Right. But they're keeping the rope. That's weird. I think it's weird too. Like, <laughs> I don't why, like it. Why, why keep the rope in best of three? Why, why not have one or the other? I don't know. I mean, again, maybe it just keeps you from having those long sits or also you know what it can also do honestly it keeps someone from just going up oh, screw this guy and just walking away i guess and leaving the game to completely time out before they win like you know if you're if, if your opponent is playing mono red and they have you at three life and it's your turn and you draw dead you know you could just not pass the turn and walk away for 29 minutes before they actually get the win so that's why. And, now, and I didn't even think about that until we started talking about it right now, you know, but it keeps yeah. someone from just doing that jerk move of just letting the whole clock run down, you know? I guess, uh, yeah. I just, I don't know that that, 
I mean, maybe it happens more oh, often on. Oh, that would definitely happen. Well, like, I mean, I'm sure it happens, but I'm saying, like, I'm talking about on on MTGO because you have each player has 25 minutes and there's no rope. Uh, so, like, I mean, I, I guess some people do it, but it's not. I don't think it's that common. Um, but I do feel like they need to make some changes to the rope then, because I think my frustration with the rope comes from being cut off when I'm taking game actions. I'm not just sitting staring at my screen or just like hovering the mouse around or something. Like I'm clicking things. If I'm clicking things, that rope should just not show up. If I'm meaning like if I'm clicking actual choices, not just clicking the scorpion running by, you know, like that's not (laughs) what I mean. But that rope needs to be like if somebody is taking game actions, like the instance that I can think of right now, which really frustrated me was I think I had uh, I had Nissa, the new Nissa on board, and I cast right. plane wide celebration that allows you to choose the, the same thing up to four times. Um, and I chose proliferate four times because I was going to ultimate Nissa. And so between trying to choose proliferate four times and every time you proliferate, you have to click submit, you know, however many numbers of the, the, the permanence you're going to proliferate. Um, right. Every time you do that, then ultimate Nissa, then go and get, you know, 17 forests out of my deck and it just cut me off and passed the turn. I'm like, come on, I'm trying, I'm taking game actions here. I didn't, I didn't like delay. I'm, I sat there and thought, okay, what should I do? I'm going to cast this. I, it just felt like that just got, that turn got ripped away from me. And that's yeah, if you're actually in the middle of doing something, it shouldn't cut you off. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it should not like, um, you know, maybe like as soon as you finish the action, if you've taken too long, if you've as soon as you finish the action of selecting all the lands, um, maybe then it passes you right to the next phase or something. You know what I mean? But not just, oh, you're done. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. It just seems weird. It doesn't feel right. And it feels like you're, you didn't do anything wrong. You're making game decisions and you're clicking choices. You know, I, I don't think the rope should really even move until you're like until there's a choice in front of you and you're not clicking it, you know, for for a couple right. of seconds or something like right. that. And so I, I don't know that the rope, if it's going to be there, it needs to be modified to prevent things like that where you're actively playing. I agree um, with that. And I, I don't know. So right right now, I know that doesn't come up that often, but it you know that happened to me, and that was really frustrating because I didn't I I, I was doing. I'm playing magic and I guess that's right. just not allowed, right? <laughs> not allowed to play magic for that long. How dare you? Um, um. yeah. So let's, <laughs> let's talk more about, about standard. Um, yeah. What, what have you been playing? Me? Um, honestly, I've just been playing mono red. Uh, so, uh, I'm playing mono red aggro in best of one. Um, at first, I was running 18 lands with three Chandras. I was running like a 3-1 split, like three – or I think it was a 2-1 split of two Chandras and one Experimental Frenzy. But what I realized very quickly was I don't know how to play Experimental Frenzy. So I <laughs> cut it because I'm bad at using that card. I'm like, I have three spells in my hand that are all really good business and an Experimental Frenzy. And I draw a fourth mountain. I'm like, Mountain Frenzy, crap! <laughs> <laughs> I'm like – why did I just do that? But by the time I realize it, Frenzy's on my battlefield. And I'm like, I wanted to play all these spells in my hand. <laughs> what am I doing? That was what I wanted to do. I should have played out the rest of my hand first. You just need um, more experience playing Frenzy. That's, that's all. And I no, think I just need to play the better card. I play Chandra. I think Chandra's a better card. Honestly, I, I think do. Chandra's a way better card. Um, you know, uh, Experimental Frenzy can't eat of Vraska's Contempt, and in some cases, maybe uh, Experimental Frenzy is a better choice there. But um, yeah, but, I mean, Vraska's Contempt and Mortify are both played in the same deck, so one way or another, it's, yeah, yeah, it's getting right. you're either your Chandra or your Frenzy's getting hit. But, but people um, don't know how to play against Chandra. People attack it all the time, and I'm once, like, Are you right? they'll, they'll attack it once, and they will never attack it again. They attack it once. They get hit for damage, and then most of the time, well, I mean, like, and I have attacked Chandra's also, but literally just to keep it off of ultimate the next turn. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I'll attack it for one damage. Right. You know, actually, I had the funniest interaction. I was playing a mono red mirror, and like, I didn't, and I actually, at the moment, I had a two-two uh, steamkin and a one-two lava runner. Right. Uh-huh. And I keep forget. I kept forgetting that Chandra can't target creatures. 
I kept thinking it was damage to any target, but it's just damage to player or planeswalker, right? Okay. Um, and, and in case you lived under a rock for the last three weeks, it's whenever you remove counters from Chandra, you deal that much damage to um, a player or planeswalker. Target player or planeswalker. Um, so I didn't want to cast a spell to pump my lava runner so i was just trying to swing into it for one and then cast my spells later so i just attacked it for one just to get it off of ultimate Mm -hmm. and so the (laughs) its ability to deal one damage goes on the stack and they target my chandra oh that's what it was (laughs) i wanted to ultimate my chandra first is what it was right right so they target my chandra so then i use that one damage and target their Chandra, and they target my Chandra, right? And we were just having a ping bat. It was a ping, 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 ping. And eventually, I was like, I'm done with this, and burn the rest of their Chandra out. <laughs> oh, no, no, because, oh, that's what happened. They wound up hitting me with damage. They stopped the game, and I was okay. like, fine, kill it. Because <laughs> I wanted a Chandra, and I didn't want them to have a Chandra. So... But it was such a weird interaction. I was like, "Whoa, that happens!" It's like, like chain, like it's change your lightning, right? Like, yeah, right, right. <laughs> each right. player just bouncing it back and forth. That's so crazy, right. but I love it. I don't know. It's, ping, it's ping funny. Ball. Yeah, ping ball. Uh, but uh, but the was, thing uh, with frenzy, like, so when you play frenzy, this is one of the things. With like with uh, wilderness reclamation too. Like as soon as you play wilderness reclamation, you set a stop on your end step. Like and then every turn you try to set the stop on your end step so that you get a chance to like use the mana. And with frenzy, it's the reverse. You play it and set a stop on your draw step so yep. that you can play whatever it is during your upkeep. If it's an instant, like you got a lightning strike on the top of your deck, you don't just draw it and you're like, well, great, now I can't play this lightning strike because. I you know I didn't have the opportunity I was tapped out. Yes, but, I, I know I, I yeah. get that concept, but the reality is when I play Experimental Frenzy, it's always either a land, a creature, or a sorcery on top of my deck. Okay. It's never an instant. I never get the opportunity. I've literally never been able to set a stop on my upkeep to cast an instant off the top of my deck because it's always either a land, a creature, or a sorcery. It's never freaking anything I could be that would be useful. Probably because uh, you badmouth Experimental Frenzy so much, it's trying to get back at you. Um, I do, and I get why it's a good card. I think it's a great card, but at four, Chandra's where I want to be. Yeah, um, I understand. Just, I, I, it seems I, like it's split. Like every, a lot of people are running both, or they basically are saying, I have four slots, and they might do three Frenzy, one Chandra, three Chandra, one Frenzy, like some sort of two and two split. I don't understand the two, two split. I understand the three, one split, because if you run one Frenzy, you never have a Frenzy on top of your deck. You know what I right. mean? So you never, you know, so it's never double Frenzy. Um, that's always, that's, that's the like literally the worst place to be. Yeah, when you have a frenzy out and you have a frenzy on top of your deck, you're like, I mean, okay, so I- sometimes Chandra exiles a Chandra. I've seen that. You know, same, same that's thing. That's okay. That's yeah. okay because Chandra's ticking up, and you know, to get rid of the Chandra, unless you're going to use a removal spell, you got to attack it. Um, the thing I don't ever understand, honestly, is how players will tick a Chandra up from seven to eight. Why would you ever do this? Why would you ever? not ultimate Chandra the second you have seven loyalty on it. Like it deals seven damage off the top, right? And then you draw seven cards. You have at least four mana because you cast a Chandra. You know what I mean? And if you're playing red and seven damage plus seven cards plus four mana isn't enough to kill your opponent, you're doing it wrong. You know, like (laughs) I don't understand um, how this is even a thing. Like, ultimate your chandras for crying out loud i was playing against a red player and like they had a chandra at seven i'm like i'm dead like i think i was at like six life or something and they go tick to eight i'm like what are you doing <laughs> i was like oh my god i think i won like i think you i was like conceded okay. you were like you know i gotta do the honor honorable nope. thing here i'm no conceding honor. no honor in their mistakes <laughs> they have to learn from that I'm so kidding, uh, you know so so yeah so always ultimate your chandra you know like if you're at seven loyalty take all those counters off draw seven cards deal seven damage and kill your opponent stop messing around you know right you, assuming you click- assuming the chandra hasn't been hit with like dovin's ability which is the way i've been able to there play against chandra that is a thing too. That is a real thing that does happen. Um, but yeah, if you click on your scorpion too much, you'll go blind. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so stop diddling around and start killing your opponents. But um, 
So, so yeah. mono red's been good for you again. Like you feel like you're okay. It's you're... been okay. So here's the thing, man. I'm playing best of one, and I swear to God. So so I feel like right now, and I, and it has, I know it's only been a couple weeks, but I feel like we've been spending most of our lives living in a brewer's paradise, man. Like this is great. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> this, this, this format is great. Like there's so much weird stuff. Uh, Karn's temporal sundering. I played right. against that. What? Like I've played against like Abzan, whatever the hell. Like I've like, like, you so know, like I've gotten blown out by mass manipulation where somebody takes three of my planeswalkers. <laughs> uh, I've gotten I've gotten blown out by Bolas's Citadel. That was a couple weeks ago. It's been a while since I saw wow. a Citadel deck, but. Um, I mean, it, the format is moving so quickly. I saw a little bit of an exchange today on Twitter between Brian Gottlieb and Yeoman Five, who uh, I don't know his actual name, um, but he had the, it legally what's that? He had it legally changed to Yeoman Five. Well, then it's Yeoman Five. Uh, but talking about how how the metagame is moving so quickly that even writing an article, it's like by the time the article comes out. It's like invalidated <laughs> because right. like, uh, you know, uh, I think Brian was saying like last week I wrote about which Esper is better, Esper midrange or Esper control. And a, a few days later, neither one is playable. <laughs> like, didn't you, it, did, I mean, didn't you just mention that you were casting plain wide celebration in yeah. standard to <clears throat> ultimate Anissa? Like <laughs> if, if yeah. there's any evidence that the format is all over the map. Joey's casting seven mana green spells. <laughs> <laughs> to you know, to clarify, that was like a week and a half, two weeks ago, also. But and still. I only cast that spell that one time. I think that was like I'm not playing this card anymore. The rope <laughs> it, it yeah, uh, right, cut me sure. off. Never playing plain white celebration. But I've had that card played against me as well. You know, yeah. and uh, and this and this green deck, this uh, like whatever you call it. I mean, people are calling it standard Tron or whatever. Right. Right. It's a real thing and it's showing up. I mean, well, I've been yeah. seeing it. The, so there's a green version. So just it's it's basically it's Nissa, it's Ugin, it's Karn, the great creator, to just search uh, your sideboard for a bunch of different great artifacts. I mean, it's a ramp deck that, that gets access to like these big artifacts. And um, Nissa is incredible because you're like, you get a you get to untap a land it becomes a three three and it's vigilant so you get to attack with it and then still cast something I've had turns where I'm like you know play Nissa um and you know do that with the land attack with it and then cast like Karn or or I had Ugin on in play and then cast Karn for two mana after I attacked with this one land it's just nuts like some of the things I'm, I have an empty board and suddenly I go from empty to Nissa Ugin and Karn all on the board at the same time it's just right, right. insane and uh, Ely Cassis brought a Simic version to to Syracuse to SEG Syracuse last weekend mm. and I think I like that version even better. It plays Hydroid Crisis. I mean, <laughs> no, but that's a good place to be. And I, I know anything. I think any of those decks, the ramp decks, you kind of want to expel. And there, I don't think there's a better expel in the format right now than uh, Crisis. You know, so I mean, it's something. It's a threat, and you get to draw a bunch of cards. Like I've, I've played you know, life. Not right. irrelevant. Life gain is not irrelevant. That's true. Um, you know, and and, then, and you know, the, I'm going to try to make Ryan uh, Germore crash his car. Uh, the deck plays Ar- Arboreal. Grazer, you know, I mean, that card is super playable. I think that Arboreal Grazer is almost more playable than the Phoenix. <laughs> I mean, it depends on the deck. And right now, Phoenix is starting to make a comeback. Uh, the MCQs, a uh, couple of them, of them have been won by Is It Phoenix? And uh, I don't like it. I don't. Like uh, it. I know I you don't be- because you don't like Fe- like Phoenix. But no, I, I like Phoenix in modern or like yeah, in formats where like it's actually playable. Um, I think that the card is like. You're you're running all these terrible cards to get a three two flyer for four. I mean, like right. you're not paying four. You're paying play a tormenting voice, play a radical ideal in like slots in a deck where you have two lightning strikes. Right. You like, think it's a lot of bad cards and a lot of work for a three two flyer, and I'm inclined to agree with you in a lot of a lot of what you're saying. Although I'm wondering about some of these decks. Maybe maybe they're headed in the right direction and and they're gonna play. You know, maybe it's it's more about, you know, the Phoenix, even though people use it as the namesake of the deck, maybe that's kind of just supplemental to the strategy. They're they're already playing all these spells and Phoenix just kind of helps. Like, you, know what, of, even, you know what helps better? 
<laughs> if you play like Mizium Tank, if you play like the Rawl, and you just play good cards, um, then you can actually have like other win conditions that aren't so conditional. You know, my opponents go, I play a Phoenix. Like I've had one time where my opponent got like three Phoenixes out of the graveyard. It happened once. It's like the Mitch Hedberg joke where he's like, you know, I went to casino and there was a billboard with a guy winning a bunch of money. And it's like, why would you show the thing on the billboard that happens like the least amount of time? It's not like you do a, 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 you know, a billboard for a hamburger restaurant. You show a picture of a guy choking, you know, it's like, this, here's what happened once, you know, like, no, you know, like, it's, you know, that doesn't make any sense. Like why? Like, I don't know. I just feel like Arclight Phoenix is the equivalent of the hamburger billboard with the guy choking on it. Like, like just play, just, just play good cards. Like, I mean, the, like the, the, the basis of the deck is great. The, you know, the, the, um, the, is it decks, have a lot of great cards, you know, I even, I don't even hate charter course that much, you know, even though I think it kind of sucks, but I, I guess it's pretty good. Um, but I think Electromancer is also a garbage card. Like, so you're like, you're running this garbage card to, to be able to play these other garbage cards to get your garbage flyer. And it's just like, I don't, I don't know. I don't see the point in all that. Like, I mean, if, if I get it, I mean, I get why it all works together, but like, I, uh, you know, Sometimes. It feels like uh, – I mean I played Is It Phoenix briefly but back in the fall and the deck isn't all that different. And, you know, you get access to like Sahili, which can turn you know, the, the – what is it? The uh, little servo tokens into a crackling drake and yes. these are great you know, interactions. I like that. Um, but really I, that, the, my problem with the deck is it felt like air. Like I felt like – Right. It was all like I'm I'm like, okay, I drew a bunch of cards that are gonna let me draw a bunch of cards that let me draw a bunch of cards and eventually I'll hit something that's kinda cool and you know, like right. oh look, I got a I got a, a Phoenix out of it. Or right. oh I hit a crackling Drake, you know. But basically that's you're just cool. sitting there clicking your Scorpion the whole time. I mean, pretty much. Um So um I have a I have a deck I've been messing with that kind of does some of the same stuff, mm-hmm. um, but doesn't run Phoenix. Um, so I'm, I'm, I, I built this mono red, and I don't think it's actually that great, but I've just been toying with it. Mm-hmm. Um, this mono red deck, and it, I'm trying. To, I don't know if I have a picture of it on my um, on my phone or not, like the list. Mm-hmm. But um, basically, the idea is it runs electrostatic field. Um, it runs uh, – oh, here. I've got it right here. So it runs Crash Through, Warlord's Fury, Shock. These are all four ofs. Electrostatic Field, Lightning Strike, Steamkin, Light Up the Stage, Mizium Tank, Risk Factor. I, I think I cut some Risk Factors. Skewer the Critics and Sahili. So um, what you're doing is you're, uh, you're sticking a field or you're sticking a steamkin, you're cycling through some stuff. Eventually, you stick a Mizium tank or a Sahili. Then you, um, and again, most you know a lot of your stuff cycles. Um, the risk factor gets you some cards. Sahili makes a token, and then you can uh, copy Mizium tank with the Sahili and go off on one turn, and you have two giant. Uh, tramplers attacking, or you copy an electrostatic field, and you um, and you ping a whole bunch. But honestly, though, um, after I saw someone copy a sixteen four crackling Drake and that had haste because I had bounced it, and they were like, "Oh, okay, well, make a token," or I already had a token out, you know, an artifact token, and they're like, "Okay, recast it, draw a card, copy it, swing for 16. I was like, "Oh." Oh, crackling Drake. You know, like I was yeah. like, that might be where this deck wants to be. Um, but tank's good, man. Tank is really good. Tank is a really underrated card. Um, I haven't played with it, but I feel like it, it should, I, I feel like I'm, I should be seeing it more often. In fact, I've yet to see it ever in play. So I've, I've seen it a couple times. I've seen it a couple times against me and obviously I've played it, but yeah. like, you know, I've actually seen other people playing it as well. I don't think it really has a home yet. Um, I think it's probably going to be more of a post rotation sort of thing. Um, but, uh, it's something to look out for anyways. And like, they're as cheap as it gets 50 cents a card right now on, on, yeah. on cool stuff, Inc. So, you know, it'd be the time to pick them up. Speaking of things to pick up, uh, I got lucky. Um, 
I went on. So uh, just real quick, let's get into these uh, the top eight results. Yeah, yeah, just, on the uh, the SCG Syracuse um, Open from this past weekend, uh, Zan Syed won with Jeskai Super Friends. Um, Super Friends versions made up four of the top eight. There were three Jeskai Super Friends lists, one Esper Super Friends list, um, three mono red aggro, um, all pretty standard list uh, running a mix of um, Frenzy and Chandra. In the main, and then an Esper mid-range deck rounding out the top eight, uh, and and Phoenix uh, finished ninth. So there wasn't is it Phoenix deck in the um, in the top sixteen. The rest of the top sixteen gets real diverse. Um, we've got two more mono red aggro, a Bant Flash, Bant mid-range, four color Dread Horde, which. Oh, that's Dreadhorde Invasion. Okay, uh, Soul Time Mid Range and an Azorius Aggro deck. So, so a good mix of stuff. And and when you go further down the list, it just gets crazier and crazier. Yeah. You know, there's like all kinds of weird stuff going on. Um, these were the best decks this week. You know, and the Super Friends decks are very real. So the um, Dreadhorde. So you did you say four color Dreadhorde? Four color Dreadhorde. So yes. that one is not not Dreadhorde Invasion. This is Command the Dreadhorde. Oh, command the dreadhorde! So this is there another is. new deck that came out. Of, so, so many decks have come out of nowhere. The deck that I've been playing most often, and what I think was going to segue nicely into what you basically hinted at a minute ago, was this Just Guy Planeswalkers deck that uh, I initially saw it because you tweeted it at me. It was a list uh, that John Rolf had, uh, I guess, built himself, and it was like Fibblethip and Car. Uh, what is it? Urza's Ruinous Blast and Jaya's Immolating Inferno and Mox Amber. So it was a ton of Planeswalkers and then so, some legendary permanents. So you could play these legendary sorceries, which I'll tell you how how good it feels to cast Urza's Ruinous Blast and exile all non-legendary permanents uh, non, that are non-land. Um, and you're like, oh, I'm just going to clear your side of the board. And I've got three Planeswalkers, a Fibblethip just sitting there. Like he's like, oh, I'm a little one, one. I lived through the blast. You know, it's right. like, it was great. To, it felt great. But this list has been being kind of tweaked here and there. It's added Deafening Clarion. You get Shock and Lightning Strike. You start to cut a lot of those legendary things. Now you, the current iteration of it uh, was piloted to a win by Zan Syed and, uh, at, in Syracuse, and it's got a bunch of great Planeswalkers. You get both 18. Teferis. Yeah, 18 Planeswalkers, right. Uh, you get both Teferis, you get Sahili, you get Narset, you get Karn Sion of Urza, um, and you get Sarkin the Masterless, four copies, which is, in a lot of ways, the primary win condition, or at least the one that seems to uh, turn the corner the quickest in my experience. Um, and I think that was what you were leading up to with, yeah. <laughs> you had just picked up four copies of Sarkin for like two bucks each, two bucks each. Well, you know, uh, I'm, I'm looking at these lists on star city. When I, when we first uh, started this podcast, they had three copies in stock for three ninety nine. They've since bumped that to 40 copies in stock still at three ninety nine. Um, but I got mine for two bucks each, on Cool Stuff Inc., the night that these decks, because uh, three of the top eight decks had four copies. And then yeah. there was a Jund mid-range deck in the top 64, I think it was like 44th place, that was also running four copies of Sark. And I was like, okay, now we got something in my colors, because I'm not going to play blue in standard. Yeah. Um, or I don't know, never say never, but uh, my, my the, the collection I've been building to brew with is does not include blue. It's basically all other four colors. <laughs> but, uh, um, but that's a limitation. I like to set limitations on myself for brewing stuff. Um, so I was like, well, oh, I should probably lock down a set of these. So I got four of them for two bucks each. Um, and I got some clarions and they, they're not really, they got them for a buck 25 each, which is still a good price. Right. But, um, well, a lot of the not, deck is, is pretty inexpensive. You have like Karn that's 20 bucks and, and Mox Amber's like 15 bucks. Um, but those are like the expensive. Obviously, Teferi is expensive, but most of the other stuff, even bo- even the Teferi Hero Dominaria, is like forty bucks, and t- Time Raveler is like fifteen to twenty bucks. So those are expensive, but um, it feels like the rest of the deck is um, is relatively inexpensive, especially if you've got your lands already, uh, which a lot of people do. Um, but th- that's the thing. I so many times yesterday was like finger on the trigger, ready to buy this deck in paper, but I kept telling myself. I already bought a deck in paper. I'm not going to get to play paper that often. 
hold off. And then I'd go back to arena and I'd play and I'd win and I'd be like, gosh, this deck is fun. And then I got to buy it. And I'd go and I'd log into PayPal. Like I'm like one <laughs> click away. I must have done it five <laughs> times. Oh my like, God. I'm not even joking with five times. I, I right. did it at least, you know, three or four times on my computer. And then I did it once or twice on my phone. And the final time I clicked it, I did it. And then it said, one of your items is out of stock. (laughs) And it was Sarkin. (laughs) Nice. That's so funny. And I was like, all right, stop. Stop. All right. I did it. And it, it, the universe is telling me not to, you know, to trust myself (laughs) with trying not to buy this deck. But I, it was so funny because I'm like, fine, I'm doing it. And, and it didn't let me because of the one, it was, Sarkin was, I didn't have four copies, like they had three, or they, instead of three, they had two, something like that. And I thought, all right, I'm not doing, I'm not doing this anymore. So I have, I've been able to resist since yesterday evening. This deck is so much fun though. Like I really feel like if I hadn't bought Esper, I would have definitely bought this, but I love Esper. So I'm very likely to play a lot of those cards or play that deck still in paper. But this deck is so much fun playing the Planeswalkers and you really, you just kind of, uh, kill time in a lot of ways, like a control deck, um, in the early turns, I mean, you just kind of stick a Sahili, then play Mox Amber, get a Servo token, you know, shock something or, or opt, uh, get another Servo token. It, like it just, you just kind of buy time, and then eventually you've got a couple uh, three mana Planeswalkers on board, and you're like, all right, I'm gonna cast Sarkin, and sometimes you can just plus Sarkin and win right there based on you know, depending on what you've done so far in the game. Um, but if you're against like an aggro deck, you're like, I'll make a dragon. Go ahead, attack me with your one one. You know, <laughs> like, go ahead because you know the the dragons deal a damage to everything that attacks. You know, then you make another dragon, or eventually make another dragon, and they can't attack because now it does two damage. So it's you kind of do do some crazy things um, with Sarkin, and you know, it's it's just in the meantime you've got like both Teferis that you can can win with i don't know i've just had so much fun with this deck um and i i know kenny bought all the cards so i expect to be playing against it in paper <laughs> soon enough when i'm playing esper um, For sure but th- i guess it's a real deck like i i don't know i'm really curious how the, how the metagame adjusts um this deck is kind of new and hasn't really it hasn't been targeted yet and so now in the next couple of days i'm sure we'll start seeing some adjustments on arena and then next weekend we'll see we'll see if this deck sticks around as a as a valid strategy throughout standard but i love it right now and um the one deck that i had trouble beating with it was gruel and i think that was um like it's able to pressure the planeswalkers because it's got stuff like uh gruel spellbreaker like the haste yep. creatures, you get rekindling phoenix, which are, is hard to deal with. You don't really have any exile spells in in this Jeskai list. I mean, you get prison realm uh, in the sideboard, um, lava coil, so those those will help. But um, it's Gruul seems to be the I guess the most well positioned against this deck, um, and that that is the deck that I've had trouble beating. Other than that, everything else, everybody else pretty much concedes when you have that many planeswalkers on board. Mm-hmm. I know I do. So uh, it's it's a lot of fun. Um, it's pretty crazy. Um, I was going to say uh, – dang it, dang it. Oh, yeah. So uh, the Elder Spell is going to be a thing. I, I can't imagine it's not a thing. Um, you know, uh, yeah. I just ordered – that was the one thing. I, I ordered four Sarkins, three, four Deafening Clarion, um, four Bedeck Bedazzle just because it was 50 cents each and I've seen people playing it against yeah. me. I was like, ah, I might as well have a play set. I'm in Absolutely. those colors, you know. It's a good um, card. It seems fine. And um, But I also ordered three Elder Spell to complete my set because I was like, this is going to be a thing. I need to make sure I have these in my sideboard. There are a lot of Planeswalkers going around. And hey, if I have um, Dreadhorde Arcanist uh, being able to get it back out of the graveyard and cast it a second time seems pretty good too. Oh, yeah, so, for sure. So the other card that I've been messing with um, in the Jund Dreadhorde deck is um, uh, Domri's Ambush. Um, hmm. And I have actually been thinking about main decking it over Giant Growth because uh, what it does is it says put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature you control for a red and a green. Uh, then that creature deals damage equal to its power to target player or planeswalker – or no, 
creature or planeswalker your opponent controls. Um, that's a, the part of it that I think a lot of people don't realize is the planeswalker part. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think it's great because I can't think of a single deck right now that isn't running creatures or planeswalkers. So uh, you get a counter. So that means your two mana spells in your graveyard uh, can always be accessed by uh, Arcanist after you get it on there. Um, and you have a chance to one shot or double shot in one turn. Like say, so you have a one, three, use the thing you deal two to a planeswalker then you swing you do another counter you deal three to the planeswalker and you can just swing at the opponent if you have to you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so you're just dealing you're just killing off planeswalkers without really trying um and i think it's a fine main deckable card uh but the elder spell is another great option out of the sideboard for dealing with all these planeswalker decks so anyway that's all i wanted to say about that um what did you want to move on to sorry Uh, i I at least want to mention this deck because it's interesting yes the four color dreadhorde deck plays command the dreadhorde so it's built around command the dreadhorde which is a, uh, a rare sorcery from War of the Spark. It costs six mana, so it's black, black, and four. Choose any number of target creatures and or Planeswalker cards in graveyards. Command the Dreadhorde deals damage to you equal to the total converted mana cost of those cards. Put them onto the battlefield under your control. So the gist of this deck is play cards like the Explore Package. You get like Jade Light Ranger, Merfolk Branch Walker, and Wild Growth Walker. Uh, to try to gain a lot of life with like the wild growth walker specifically. Uh, and you get like bond of flourishing, which you gain three life. So you're trying to like gain a bunch of life. Um, and in the meantime, you use like Tamio to dump a bunch of stuff in your graveyard. And, uh, then you cast command the dread horde and, you know, pay as much life as you're willing to, to put a whole bunch of permanents on board. So you're either getting a ton of planeswalkers or a ton of these creatures. I mean, you go, Oh, I'll play. You know, a couple of copies of Wild Growth Walker and a couple of copies of Jade Light Ranger out of the graveyard, gain a bunch of life, but pay a bunch of, you know, it's like it, it kind of cancels itself out. Um, and this deck uh, came in 22nd place. So it's a real it's a real thing. Yeah. Um, so that's another one that that is just a really um, cool new archetype. But you know what card it should be playing? What's that? The Wanderer. How did, so I feel like I heard somebody talking about the prevent Wanderer all, with this deck. Uh, prevent all non-combat damage that would be dealt to you and other permanents you control. Okay. So, uh, you don't lose life with, uh, with this card. Command so, the Dreadhorde deals damage to you. Right. Equal to the total – because you basically just get to take everything from all the graveyards for free. Right. But what, you, you have, have to have Wander in play already. You can't – it doesn't count as uh, – That's you, right. That's right. They it. actually – they actually changed this. They changed this wording, um, or they changed the word. Yeah, I think they changed the wording of this card because of that interaction. <laughs> okay, so yeah, so uh, in testing, so yeah, because there wasn't a, it was a trigger, basically. So like, um, it deals the damage to you. Then you put them onto the battlefield under your right. control. So that's kind of like it goes in that order. So the wanderer isn't on the battlefield when this resolves, or if the wanderer isn't, then the wanderers protection doesn't apply right um, exactly <laughs> so good to know um that's specifically why it's worded like it is on command the dread horde because of that potential interaction right so real quick did you want to talk about this experiment or you want to save that for next week this uh common uncommon crafting thing yes i can mention it so uh last night at about 1 a.m um i had the idea to craft all of the commons and uncommons uh, that you can open in packs. There are a couple that are just like Planeswalker deck exclusives like the mm-hmm. Guild Gates and um, like the Jace's Commander or whatever the hell it's called. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. there's a couple like Planeswalker specific cards mm-hmm. that you don't – you will not get in your War of the Spark packs. So you can craft on there uh, because they are standard legal. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went and I finished all my play sets of every common and uncommon in War of the Spark. Um, with with it cost me about I think I want to say like sixty because I had I did a lot of drafts in the past like couple weeks mm-hmm. so I had a good base already right. but I spent about sixty uncommon wild cards and again our uncommon wild cards are basically unlimited because we have so many just sitting there um, so I spent about sixty uncommon wild cards and about like forty or fifty common uh, wild cards and crafted. All of my – so I have the entire playset of commons and uncommons in War of the Spark. Ask me why. Why did you do that? Because, Joey, um, what packs will be will we be opening for the next like three months? I would imagine War of the Spark most often. Yeah, 
I mean, I, I don't see myself uh, cracking any more Dominaria packs. You know what I mean? I don't mm-hmm. see myself doing that. Um, you know, every week when your weekly rewards reset, there were of the spark packs. Right. Right. Um, so uh, and then like and I like I said, I quit draft. <laughs> I quit. I quit limited for War of the Spark because I hate it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I've actually said that on the podcast, but I hate it. Uh, I'm not playing it anymore. I'm done. I'm done with War of the Spark limited. Um, great, great set done with it and limited. Um, so I'm using my gold on packs. I'm just buying, like, get a thousand gold pack, get a thousand gold pack. You know what I mean? I'm just cracking packs, right. uh, trying to get rares. Um, now, you know, the hard, the, the most valuable resource, um, on arena are rare wild cards because we always need more of them than we have period. Um, so, uh, you know, we have this vault, that's kind of a mythical thing. We don't really know how it works, but we do know how it works, but you don't actually have an idea of your progress. Um, so what I've done is I've crafted all of my common and uncommon wild cards because, again, it was basically no cost to do so because I have so many common and uncommon wild cards um, so that I can hopefully fill my vault up faster. Now, every single time I open a War of the Spark pack, I know that every single common and uncommon I open is going to go towards my vault. Interesting. Yeah, that's an interesting and, idea. And, and, and I don't know if it's going to work out, but why not? Like I said, there was like literally no cost to do it. Yeah. You know, I just filled it up and I was like, you know what? And that way I can just see if I start getting vault progress faster and faster. Let's see if I get more vaults open this way. So that's my that's it. That's the only reason why I did it was just to uh, to see if I can cheat the vault a little bit. Or and, just and, you're not really cheating it. You're just kind of like doing it more deliberately rather than having it just happen to you. Right. Right. I'm just like, OK, now because I'm going to be cracking these packs on the regular. So now every time I crack one, I know that every time I open something that isn't a wild card in common and uncommon, it goes towards the vault. Right. And and so let's see if that actually helps me get more wild uh, rare and mythic rare wild cards faster. Let's yeah. see. So stay tuned. <laughs> but uh, yeah, let but, us uh, know. Just an experiment that I tried last night. And, uh, you know, if that sounds like something that uh, you'd be interested in doing, not you personally, but anyone listening. Uh, but sure, you too. Um Try it out. See if it works. Let me know if it works because uh, I don't know yet. I just did it last night. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, um, let's move on to some of these previews because they're pretty damn cool and I got to get to work. <laughs> yeah. So we, we got to – we. it's funny because you know this is kind of the exciting thing, but we didn't really save a whole lot of time to talk about it. But in two weeks, we'll have another episode and maybe we'll just devote the entire thing to Modern Horizons because by that point, I think uh, we'll, we should know the whole set or at least the majority of it. So, Joey, yeah. let's do that. Let's, Let's devote the entire next episode to Modern Horizons. Okay. Let's so do it. Do it. Okay. Why not, right? I Does mean, that like, mean you want to stop – you want to just not talk about them now? Pick your favorite card. Let's talk about it and then we can go. Oh my goodness. My favorite card. Um, <laughs> well, well, yeah. it's. Ugh. I'm already sitting on it. So are yours. <laughs> <laughs> oh, OK. So that's fine. So then I can pick another card. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I think actually right now the – what I'm most excited about in the set is Factor Fiction. Okay, fair enough. That's true. Um, Factor Fiction officially being reprinted in Modern Horizons. That makes it legal in Modern. And that card, I haven't played that since uh, since about the last time I played Exclude, which is also in Modern, um, yeah. or Modern Horizons, and will be in Modern. Um, Exclude is uh, three mana counter spell, but you get to draw a card. Uh, but it's counter target creature spell. So it's remove soul or essence scatter. But you get to draw a card, uh, pay an extra colorless mana. So I, I loved that card when I played it in Standard in 2002 alongside like Repulse. And I played it in a, a Bant deck. It wasn't Bant then. But um, anyway, uh, Factor Fiction was in that deck. So I'm excited to see that in Modern. Um, and I think it'll help the control decks uh, just have another good good card draw spell. So we'll, we'll see how that impacts Modern. That's what I'm excited about. Um, you you gave me one card. Your turn. I had picked out Force of Negation for you, but um, but okay. So you want to talk my... about Force of Negation? Sure, go ahead. Okay. So well, you talk. I, you... I love it. I think it's great. Force of Negation is a, a rare blue instant. Uh, costs blue, blue, and one. If it's not your turn, you may exile a blue card from your hand rather than pay the spell's mana cost. Counter target non-creature spell. If that spell is countered this way, exile it instead of putting it in, into its owner's graveyard. So it's a variant of Force of Will. A lot of people expected Force of Will to possibly show up in Modern, or at least wanted it to. I was one of them. I think Force of Will, what it does to Legacy, 
or what it does for Legacy is help keep degenerate combo decks on their toes and kind of in check. Uh, the problem with Force of Will in terms of um, what it doesn't, what, what it also does is help those decks force their combos through. Right. This fixes that by, or at least mitigates it quite a bit because you can only pay the, uh, the alternate cost when it's not your turn. Um, so Force of Negation allows you to force something through on your opponent's turn. But in general, a lot of these combos need their own turn to go off, and so Force of Negation will not be an option for them, unless they want to pay three mana for it, which is fine, because then it's just cancel. Well, I guess it's a little better than cancel, because it exiles the spell. Um, So Force of Negation, much more playable in terms of uh, if you're going to hardcast it, three instead of five. Um, You don't have to pay life, so that's that's an upside. That's an improvement. and I think it's perfect for modern. Um, is it a, a main deck card? I don't think so, unless it's a main deck card in the same way Surgical Extraction is a main deck card. When the format calls for it, you can main deck it because for some reason it's needed. But I think in most cases you play this as a sideboard card against combo decks. Um, I love that you can play it, for, you know, you can easily hard cast it. Um, but it is only a non-creature spell, so you can't counter somebody's Primeval Titan, but you right. can counter their Amulet of Vigor on turn one when you have, you know, when when they are on the play and you're on the draw, you can go ahead and force uh, their their Amulet or force their Summoner's Pact that they were going to use to search for the Titan. Um, this is just you know example, but um, I love it. I love it for the format. It's a great sideboard card to have available, and uh, I, I think it's I think it's a perfect solution to force of to having force of will or a version of force of will in modern right i think it's main deckable myself but um just because i mean counter target i mean people play negate main deck people play dovin's veto main deck you know what i mean like why would you not play it for free too you know i don't well, know it's I mean, not I, free you have to discard a card and that's a big deal it, yeah it's true it's true but you also can just pay three for it if you absolutely don't it's not like it costs five like right. force of wills hard cast cost is pretty uh prohibitive right you know what i mean this isn't very prohibitive this is three mana that's not bad i mean it's not great for for non-creature spell but it's not bad at all you know right. what i mean like you could totally cast it yeah it's um, not out of the question to main deck it i just don't think it's very likely unless we see a lot of combo in the format it serves you better out of the sideboard for sure. Uh, and I think that cards like this existing in the format will help keep combo in check in the format. So I think it's, I think it's, you know, it might wind up in the sideboard if enough people main deck it. <laughs> so yeah. um, the card for me is just straight up fun, uh, but brutal as hell uh, for me. And the, the name alone is just absurd. Uh, Lightning Skelemental. <laughs> <laughs> Names like this. Cards like this are the reason why people make fun of magic. Now, do but, we um, know that that's the name because yes, it, yes, it's officially it's the okay. Name. I mean, it, that's the name on the on the spoiler page here, and this is and I made sure that it was an official spoiler. Um, it, like the the actual card image is in Russian, but it is an official spoiler. Um, lightning Skelemental. It's ball el- It's ball lightning. Uh, it's but it's black red red instead of triple red. It's six one trample haste, just like ball lightning. It is a creature skeleton elemental, and it has the added text. Whenever lightning elemental, sorry, whenever lightning skeletal deals combat damage to a player, that player discards two cards. At the beginning of the end step, sacrifice lightning skeletal. So you only get it once, but if you get them, you get them. It's and ball, like it's it, ball lightning, ball lightning. There you go. Um, yeah, I've been seeing that around Twitter, but, uh, I like, yeah. I like this, I like this, uh, this card a lot flavor wise. It's absurd, hilarious, um, just everything going on with it. Um, I really, really like, so, um, I'm excited about it. Um, you know, I, I was, let's see what happens. I, I'm going to probably draft this set on draft weekend. Um, when it comes out, uh, I don't know if I wind up playing this or anything else in modern um but we'll see uh we will see uh spoilers ahead well not really but uh (laughs) tune in in two weeks and we'll tell you more um but uh but i think we're 
good now. I, I, I think we can. Uh, I think we can wrap up, right? I mean, because we we, are, we just we just said we're going to do all uh, Modern Horizons next week. We made that. We made the call. So yeah. um, I just want to say, like the the thing about this set. It feels like Time Spiral Part 2, and it's super exciting because there are so many throwbacks. Like you just said, Ball Lightning. It's a throwback to that. We get, you know, uh, we get reprints that are obviously throwbacks because they're reprints, but then you just get things like Astral Drift, which is a reference to Astral Slide and works like Astral Slide with cycling. So you get, like, I don't know, it feels like Time Spiral Part 2. We're getting Snowlands. We're getting full art Snowlands. Uh, and the most recent kind of uh, previews that we got is a cycle of dual lands, enemy duels that all ha- are part of the horizon canopy cycle, which I think is huge. And we'll get more into that maybe next episode, but, uh, but I'm really excited just to have access to these. Um, so yeah, that wraps us up. So until next time, we're yo MTG taps, make them have it. We are-